I've never done a film. Well, I did one film, uh, Batman and Robin, which was a, yes. Oh, no. Oh, no. thank you. This is a disaster. But other than that, there's no reason for me to have ever done anything to go to Comic-Con. But you, you, cause didn't you apologize to the crowd at Comic-Con for Batman and Robin? I always apologize for Batman <laughs>
oh, I feel like it's kind of like it kind of was like Batman Forever. Like there's parts of the movie that like weren't horrible that it's like made the movie like watchable and like from the end like immediate start of this movie it was just absolutely horrible and um i'll be honest i fell asleep before the end of the movie there is just nothing holding my attention and it's yeah it it was it was bad. Bad <laughs> overall thoughts. Bad basically. Bad. It was it was Batman and Robin. <laughs> yeah, bad. Yeah. Or Buttman and Robot, as we saw at the very uh, first shot of the movie, it was basically a close up on. I I couldn't believe was it this it was this movie right? Yeah, I couldn't believe the way the movie opened was just like I was just dying. It was just like bat nipples, bat butt, Robin butt. Bat crotch, Robin crotch, you know, like first minute in the movie. That's how the movie starts. And it's just like, okay, this is even worse than I remember. Anyways, Ian, what did you think of the movie? I think we're all on the same page. It's pretty bad, man. Like it's, there's not, <laughs> <laughs> there's not a lot of redeemable qualities about this movie. I mean, the, the first line that I can remember kind of being delivered, and I think it was Robin, he's calling back to Batman Forever. He's, Chicks dig the car. I'm like, you guys pulled one of the the lines we were making fun of in the last movie and you're bringing it back. That's how bad the dialogue is in this film. But, uh, you know, he says, this is why Superman works alone. Like these lines, like there's not, there's not a shred of good writing in this, this film. So I think like, if you look at the cast on paper, you'd think, Oh wow. Like they actually brought some, yeah, let's talk about the cast. So the, the movie's directed by Joel Schumacher. It's written by uh, Akiva Goldsman. He's actually a good writer, written a lot of good movies. I liked, um, it replaced it replaces uh, Val Kilmer with George Clooney this time. It, it brings back uh, Chris O'Donnell as as Robin, and then you have Arnold Schwarzenegger as who receives uh, Mr. top Freeze. billing, might I add? My Ooh, favorite okay. action He's star at the height of, the 80s of his nineties. Yeah. Well, look at you. Let me guess. Plant girl, fine lady, huh? Hendo with a diamond garden gal. These movies, height of his fame. These movies did you know? these Batman movies did bring in top, top actors, you know, from, of the time, uh, Uma Thurman as poison Ivy, Alicia Silverstone as Batgirl, which I can't believe they brought Batgirl into the movie. And then you have, uh, Michael Gowan, Pat Hingle, uh, reprising their roles. The only actors that lasted all four movies as, um, Alfred and commissioner Gordon. So this is, this is also a continuation of the Burton movies. This is the, actually a four movie yep. uh, franchise. It's actually not too, to two movie franchises which i thought it was you know when i i always thought it was i grew up thinking that but looking back it's actually a four movie franchise starting with an 89 tim burton batman movie which is crazy so yeah anyways continue on with with well it's just that like the actors they came to play but they didn't have a lot to work with like the script is like you know the, the movie is like a bunch of product placement and you know just like flashy action sequences which i guess is fine for a particular vision of what a comic book movie should be, but there's no like solid writing to back it up. There's nothing, there's no real through line. I would say that like you mentioned Alfred being in the film and uh, all four films, like this is definitely his movie out of the four. So like maybe one of the redeemable things that I could grab out of this was like, there is a through line with his character uh, being like the center focus of this whole thing, but everything else surrounding it, it's just nothing really memorable to me. Um, You know, Jim Gordon he 
unfortunately like hasn't been given a lot in all four films so like even though he's been in all four of these movies he doesn't really do much inside of this and like it's it's almost like it's laughable the stuff that they do give him it's like wow that like you really don't care much for this this character but but uh you know it is milestone we're coming up on 25 years it's funny you mentioned uh june 20th because i believe it was my first recording session with back in my day where i brought up it was on june 20th so i brought up because i had been listening to episodes leading up to Mm -hmm. this wife powers uh intro episode you mentioned jaws which is also a june 20th release so you know we got some great films on june 20th and we get batman and robin so let's get into what we thought how did it fall apart because for me like i was singing batman forever's praises but i also on record saying that jim carrey kind of saved that movie for me from being uh just as bad as this one almost uh but i think power you mentioned that going from batman returns to batman forever was kind of where it fell off for you that's how I feel about Batman and Robin. It's like this I is, held on for Batman Forever, and I still have a lot of love, yeah. nostalgia-wise, for that film. I don't have any love for this film, even though it features Arnold Schwarzenegger, my favorite action star from the '80s and '90s. Right. Um, and uh, there's just nothing redeemable about it, really. No, in my mind. no. I, I'll say, I'll say. I think, I, I, if you go back and listen to the Batman and Forever review, what I say is, it's it actually when you watch the first little bit of the movie and White Power we both agreed on this when we watched it. You, it is, it does feel very much like a continuation of Batman returns and Val Kilmer is sort of doing the Michael Keaton thing. He's like acting like Michael Keaton kind of he's, he's, he sort of took what Michael Keaton did and kind of continued it. But then I think when Robin shows up, Batman forever, it, it gets, it's campiness gets turned up to like 11, but you still have the beginning of the movie where it's not too bad, but then the campiness is turned up and it's ridiculous. It's a horrible movie from then on in, in my opinion. And, but this movie it almost turns it up from 11 to 12, but right away, like yeah. the second you enter it, like the second you enter the movie, it, the campiness is overboard and it's just too much to handle. And it doesn't stop just getting stupider and stupider and stupider. Every scene is dumber than the next one. It's yeah. just more ridiculous. And well, yeah, that's how I felt Batman about it. on ice, right? I mean, Schumacher, <laughs> he seems hell bent on selling like Batman action figures, which is well, fine. Well, it just seemed but... like, let's camp it up. And the movie's not saying anything at all. Other than camp it up, and it's fun. Sometimes it is fun to watch the actors chew the scenery. I'll give them that. Say these cheesy lines, which actors do. But it's just like it's relentless. It doesn't stop, and it's nothing makes sense. There's nothing to say. The villains' motivations and and plans are so like just stu- just stupid, not entertaining, don't make sense. Batman is like a joke. It's like played off like a joke. You know what I mean? So it's I who's really like don't desperate like for control with the whole like Batman and Robin dynamic, right? Yeah. Like constantly having to learn that he needs to rely on Robin a little bit more. Robin's such a whiny brat. Like it's nothing good about it. Anyways, wife power. Did you want to jump in and say something about the campiness? I think like just kind of like to stem off of that like opening sequence. Can you feel it coming? The icy cold of space. You're kind of watching the movie and you're like, okay, where is this going to go? And you watch that. We watched the opening sequence where they fight. You like they introduce Mr. Freeze and he has the museum all frozen. And Batman is sliding down a frozen dinosaur like uh, Fred Flintstone. And then Mr. Freeze is like planning his getaway. And all of a sudden, a, a legit like massive rocket comes out of a car 
that the rocket is bigger than the car. (laughs) 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 And they, they go up to space, which Robin is able to hold on to the side of this rocket. And then when they, the rocket blows up and they escape it, they literally surf in the sky on doors So it's just, it's absolutely bonkers that nothing, like, obviously, like, it's a comic book movie. It doesn't have to, like, be perfect. But it's, like, they just took out, like, all, like, physics. It's, like, physics doesn't exist in this Batman movie All realism at all. Yeah, it's just. His his plan is to, like, take over the museum with this or rob the museum with this massive car. Everything's all of a sudden frozen. And then he brings like a rocket for his escape. Like, it's just so like, it's so, it's so ridiculous. It's and that it's fun. like that throughout like the whole movie. Like there's yeah. another part in the movie where they're driving down a statue. <laughs> yes. Drive down the statue. <laughs> oh my God. That part. My, oh. my favorite of uh, Arnold's lines in that sequence was, uh, what killed the dinosaurs? All those lines, everything he was given, like I know what they were going for because like Arnold has such iconic lines throughout, you know, his early career. And mm-hmm. it's just like they kind of just I don't know, none of them kind of delivered anything the way stuck. that they thought yeah. Yeah, it was going to. Um he, he just plays a very one note, even though they try the sympathetic angle with like his wife and everything. Just a very one note villain. And and there's Maybe a little bit more going on with Poison Ivy. I'm not even going to mention Bane barely at all today because it's just yeah. like he's just Frankenstein's monster. Like He is Frankenstein. I exactly. thought that too. Unbelievable. But the uh, guy, oh, I don't have his name, but the guy who played the scientist that made him is actually a decent actor. But he was like, he was so over the top and like everyone in the, is in this movie. Like he was just, he's actually um, Lionel Luther in Smallville. Mm. Um, right. So, um, yeah, where was like, there's this, like, this sudden, it's just like, there's this lab, and and none of it makes sense. He's auctioning off like Frankenstein monsters, and it's like, even this, the set design was just over the top. Like, when Batman and Robin shoot, um, uh, ice skates out of their boots, you know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of movie that we're in. It's, it's like, it's like, it's the the, the whole thing of having a gadget for everything, right? Yeah. It's like the Adam West Batman. Like it was campy and had like bat spray, but it kind of, you were kind of laughing with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas this movie, you're just laughing at it and you're just rolling your eyes because it's, it's because they put Batman in this dark suit and make him kind of, he has no, he's not self-aware at all. It's not Mm -hmm. no humor at all. Yet the movie yeah. is 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 so ridiculous, and and George Clooney's just playing it straight face the whole time, and nothing. It just it's like this clash of of mentalities, right? And it's it's it just doesn't work at all. It's just one of those like Hollywood kind of disasters where yeah. maybe they had a they thought it was going to come off differently, and the way it comes off with the the level of camp, it just does not work one bit. Well, the, mis- the think- Mr. Freeze storyline. I do like the Mr. Freeze storyline. That that is uh, something they stole from the animated series. If they, oh if yeah, I'm right. Yeah. Yep. Where he's a sympathetic character. He's only evil because he's trying to save his wife. But even the way it's done here, it makes zero sense because yeah. he needs to steal diamonds 
to keep his suit alive and to make money to continue his research. Yet later in the movie, you find out he's actually cured that his wife has McGregor disease or whatever. I don't know if that's a real disease or if it's made up. I'm not sure, but he's cured like the early stages of it, which you find out later because they use it to cure Alfred. And I'm just like, okay, if he has the cure to some disease, like this, it's America. You could be, just be a billionaire off that alone. He doesn't need to That's rob true. diamonds. Like, nothing makes sense. Like the, the, everything falls flat with just two minutes of logic and thinking it through logically. It's like, why does he just, you know, sell that life-saving medicine that he's invented and fund his research that way? He doesn't have to rob. It's like, so they didn't think about, they didn't think through anything. They just, no. they just thought what ridiculous scene can we do next and how can we ramp it up even more and more and more. And, that's the problem with the movie for me. It is, it's, it's just, it's shocking that it even got this movie even made it out yeah, to, I mean, to theaters. Like it's crazy. It was, it was interesting. I mean, that doctor that I mentioned was played by John Glover, Dr. Jason Woodrow. He, if you combine like what he was kind of an eccentric scientist, combine him with what uh, Uma Thurman's character was, you get a bit of a cross between like Catwoman and I would say the Riddler, right? Like everything about, uh, Poison Ivy, the way she was like, you know, very fashion forward. She's a bit of a diva. Like she wanted that grand entrance. I kept thinking to myself when she made her entrance that like, okay, that's what uh, Jim Carrey's uh, e. Nig- Edward Enigma would have wanted from a grand entrance. He would have wanted that kind of attention that she got. He never got it, of course. But like, I think that she was going for something similar there. You know, the whole green attire, yeah, yeah. the red hair, pink or whatever. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. The... the She's a little bit better in her delivery, but I even think like her lines were getting tired. You know, I think the movie, like I mentioned before we hit record, is far too long. I think they could have wrapped yeah. this thing up in like an hour and a half. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of beats that just kind of like go stretch on. I think Wife Power, you mentioned there was a sequence that felt like it was from Batman Forever. It felt like when Robin went off and did his thing. We got a similar sequence with Alicia Silverstone. You know, trying the whole like rebellion thing with drag racing or whatever to try and raise money to save Alfred. Motocross racing. I, this is like her <laughs> origin of becoming Batgirl. And the whole thing is like every movie we're going to release a new Batman character to join the, the team, I guess. But like it, you could tell that Schumacher, it felt like Schumacher was trying to like they were planning. It felt like anyways that they would go ahead and make a fifth movie like at the drop of a hat. Like if this one did well. They would have kept going with these, it seemed like. But, like, thank God that this was a bit of a train wreck and they had to go back to the drawing board for the early 2000s. I wanted to ask Wife Power, is there anything redeemable from this movie or that you enjoyed at all? Because I, I know you're a fan of Poison Ivy, the character, from, you know, the comic books or the cartoons. So I'm just wondering maybe if that's redeemable for you, if you got any enjoyment out of seeing Uma Thurman play Poison Ivy or anything else redeemable that you can say positive about the movie since we've been sort of negative so far. I mean, I guess like I do remember like growing up, I loved the character of poison Ivy and like, I don't think I had as much like issue with it that I have now, but it's like, I think it might like play to the point where the movie is just too long where it's like her character was just like too repetitive. It's like her costumes are really cool. Her um, the kiss of death is kind of cool. Like that's kind of a cool. Yeah, idea. Like that whole aspect of it is like, like her abilities or whatever, but it's like, 
she's just doing the same it's like she's just doing the same thing over and over again with her like love potion and yeah hypnotizing stuff and it just it it just kind of got like a bit like tedious like it's like okay i get it she can like hypnotize men with her and like her endorphin thing and like it was just kind of convenient that it's like female riddler that girl comes in and it's like she's the only one that can stop her because she's female it's like okay like i don't know that's just terrible poison ivy is not really a champion for women because she uh what, does she unplug Nora because she she wants it to be a one-woman show? Right? Yeah, true. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of weird choices in this film. Um, it's funny because you mentioned, like, we mentioned the campiness. We mentioned, uh, like, the over-the-top giant rockets and whatever. I had to check this because I was like, I've got, like, Austin Powers vibes throughout this movie. Austin Powers was released May 2nd of the same year, 1997. And honestly, like, Austin Powers is meant to be a spoof, so it's like it's intentionally hilarious and it actually lands. Like, whereas this one is like, I don't know, it's like well, you're laughing at it, right? Yeah, That's, you're laughing at yeah. it, and yet there's a lot of similar like campiness to like something like Austin Powers, but because it was intended more like a comic book movie and not like a comedy or spoof, it doesn't hit like the same way. Austin you Powers can't make a hit. Batman movie a comedy, right? But if they had leaned into that a little bit and tried to make it. Like funny and whatever maybe it would have worked but because they were kind of still balancing that like trying to make it a serious film i don't know just <laughs> it's surprisingly bad it's surprised like i was shocked at i was like i thought i was gonna actually like it better than batman forever because i really did not enjoy the experience of batman forever and then it's you know a couple of minutes into this movie i was like oh no this is this is like the last act of batman forever but for an entire movie you know what i mean like it's that's how i felt that's a good point yeah yeah the, the other like thing that kind of made me like laugh watching the movie is like, what is George Clooney doing there? Because it's like he collecting a paycheck. Basically, he was like right? he was like scrawny Batman. Like you can tell he put like, like normally when <laughs> actors get like cast in a role like this, it's like they'll bulk up a little bit to like fill out the suit and make them look like they're heroes. Like they're really strong. What it like. Well, nowadays they do for sure, but like Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, like back even in the 80s, even 90s. Michael Keaton and Val Kilmer, they didn't look small in the suit. If you look at George Clooney, he looks like scrawny Batman. Like he's got no muscle to him, like whatsoever. And they didn't try to like bulk up the suit to kind of like hide it. And it's kind of just like George Clooney was just like, "F you guys, you're not paying me enough to like work out all day every day," and like. <laughs> bulk so like you're just gonna get me as i am kind of thing like that's what it looked like and it was just it was kind of like yeah he was he just he did not make a good batman no you know i hate to say it but this movie could have benefited from like a batman voice like a like a gruff voice because every time you hear him speak it's just like george clooney is like yeah that's what i mean it's like he puts nothing into the role whatsoever i have to say that uh i actually thought i destroyed the franchise until they brought it back you know somebody else brought it back years later and changed it but you know i thought at the time this was going to be a very good career move um it wasn't (laughs) it's almost like they had like dirt on him and we're like <laughs> blackmailing him to be like we just need your name behind this movie it was like, a favor to the studio or something yeah, like it just it does like none of it makes sense it's like you're watching this movie you're like why is this why is george clooney here like 
of all, I feel like it would have been the movie might have been better with like a no name actor that like actually like put a little bit of like effort into being Batman. Right. And the plot, the plot of uh, the Mr. Freeze trying to take over the telescope to like instant freeze the city. Well, yeah, because he gets angry, right? Because he he gets angry. Killed like Nora. where did they come up with this? That's literally something out of you know well, that's the sixty six right? Batman. You know, and it's like that's a campy show, but it knows what it is. And it's like that show, things like that happen. Like the bat, the bad guys tie up Batman and Robin and put them under a giant magnifying glass, and when the sun rises, they'll like burn. Right? Like that's the campiness you got of six. And they just did actually did that on the big screen. I don't know, maybe they thought it would work, and they'd kind of people would like it the way they like the 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 66 Adam West Batman, but just watching on the big screen did not work at all. Yeah, and no, for sure. It just defied logic at every single turn, every every single scene, basically. So, While on the topic of the 66 Batman, we mentioned how ridiculous his gadgets were. I got to say the best one, hands down, is the bat card. The, the bat, bat credit card. card. Yes. Uh, you know, they, they had this ridiculous <laughs> back and forth where they're like, outbidding each other when really realistically he even mentions to Batman mentions to Robin like you don't have this money he's like I'm going to borrow it from you and they're going into the millions to like bet on a like basically a night out with Poison Ivy which yeah there's a scene they're under her auctioning off women right yeah auctioning auctioning women in a scene which is very I was like what is going on and then yeah they auction off Poison Ivy she joins the auction and she gets Batman and Robin sort of turn each other with their potion but that's not even nothing happens it's not like no because a uh, uh, freeze pr- crashes the party right yeah um, but just that whole plot it's kind of in there for a little bit more it's kind of like robin robin was just awful the whole movie too he was so bad i had like, a similar like issue too, with but... robin in this movie that i had in the previous one which is they kind of tried to set up this dr- drama between batman and robin right so in the previous one i mentioned like it was the whole like him telling you you should not kill don't get revenge. It's not going to fix anything. And then like denies him, but like by telling him the wrong lesson by doing it himself. Right. So like it doesn't yeah. make, make a whole lick of sense. And this one's even worse because they set that whole scene up where he's like mad that he doesn't want to let him do his own thing. He's mad that he doesn't let him jump his bike off the statue because he thinks he's going <laughs> to like cr- crash and obliterate Just himself. Sentence so, and then, and then there's a shot where he's like, ah, and he's like <laughs> screaming at Batman. And you're like, okay, so this is like setting up some sort of conflict between them that it's going to clearly pay off by the end of the movie, right? Like, right? But there's nothing there. And it's just like, it, you know, by the end of it, he just agrees with him because Batman's smarter or whatever. There's no like lesson learned or like anything like that between no. them. So it's, no, it's there's, very it, shoddy. There's nothing writing. to say. There's nothing to say at all, the movie. There's no lessons to take away from it. Nothing to be learned. I did like when like he's in love with Poison Ivy and Batman's telling him no, like don't like he basically says she wants to kill you, dick. I loved when he said that. Like, I was just, like <laughs> that was one of the lines that actually got a laugh out of me. But like other than that, I don't know. There's there's not a lot here. Like we got a lot of lines from Arnold. Like I said, that just didn't land. Um, Arnold has this thing where he loves to talk about parties. He has a lot of party quotes. One of my favorite quotes. From him is from Total Recall, where he says, See you at the party, Richter. In this one, he says, Cool party. And then he says, Is the party over? And I'm like, <laughs> None of that is as iconic as anything that came before it. So this is kind of like, in my mind, the end of, we talked about Eraser the year before. This is like the end of like the, the choice career moves for Arnold, right? This is like where it all starts to fall apart. And then he needs to go off and become a gov- governor. It was. It's like, I knew it wasn't good, but I didn't. 
I was like, can it be as bad as, you know, people say it is and it kind of gets reviewed and then watching again, it's like, oh yeah, it's, it's that bad or worse. Um, <laughs> that's what I think. It's, it's, it's worse. Yeah. Boy power. You agree. <laughs> it was so much worse than I had remembered. <laughs> oh yeah. Compared to what I remembered it oh. when we were kids. Like I actually remember it 97 would have been around 10. I remember even not liking it back then and thinking it was bad. So to watch it now, it's like really bad. But yeah, anything about Batgirl and Alicia Silverstone that we want to know? Nothing really. I feel like her character is just a little like bit forgettable. Again, I I fell asleep. So like, I don't even know. I don't even remember like at what point she becomes Batgirl and like, yeah, Alfred just totally is just like he did the same thing with Robin and Batman Forever. He's just like mm-hmm. egging her on to join the team, and it's his niece, so it makes like zero sense. He wants his niece open. fighting crime, like risking her life, and he's just like, "Hey, I made something for you. You need, they need you." And then she kind of becomes Batgirl. It's and then at the end, um, I know he fell asleep, but you know George Clooney kind of just or George Clooney, um, Batman Bruce Wayne kind of just like accepts her being on the team. Mm. See, is it, there's something like he's kind of fights it a bit and he's just like oh yeah i guess she is like on the team batgirl it's kind of like that it's it's very strange that yeah. he's gonna let these like two you know they're supposed to be minors <laughs> fight crime with him but yeah i guess um i think that's the weird part is like their their personalities and like the way they act they act like minors like they act like children yeah, but then they're, they're supposed, supposed to, be. to be like yeah, but then they're in the movie. They're adults. Like she <laughs> like talks about how she's in like university, and it's just right. like, so are you are you a child or are you an, an adult? Because it's like, yeah, it just the the Robin and the Batgirl were just handled so poorly in these movies that, and I think we talked about it too. It's like they they raise it in like another show that we watched that it's like if Batman actually did bring in like 13 year old kids to do like what oh risk their life to fight crime then he's a monster yeah so it's just like it's like something that I listened to or read was saying how like they could never do Robin in like the one of the realistic ones yeah Yeah, and the realistic because it's just so like Really Unless can't you turn be Batman into like a villain, like a horrible, horrible like foster parent. Yeah, yeah. Like the only way to do it is how they did it in the Titans Netflix show, which we talked mm-hmm. about before. Which is like Batman is the villain of the show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So you, if he brings, if yeah, it just won't work in a realistic version. It could work in a really campy version, like the Adam West one, if you can pull off the campy version, but not in a not in the way not in the realistic versions they do now. So. It is what it is. It's you know, it was the only it was the Batman movie we got in nineteen ninety seven. Um, you know, we were at the perfect age for Batman movie, and it's when we got. So you know, I'm glad. Like I said last time, it just makes me really glad the Batman movies that we get now. It makes me appreciate them. I should say even more yeah. that these are <laughs> these are the Batman movies I got in my childhood. Uh, kids these days are really spoiled at these Batman movies they get now that are much much better. And does does the character a lot more justice, which is really what I care about. Like, but Batman are they? Such a ki- cool character. But are they like really kids movies? I guess that's like it's like the the Batman movies that we're getting today aren't aren't really for kids. But it kind of makes sense because it's like 
if you look at Batman as a character, it's like he isn't really like a, he's not like a Spider-Man where it's like a he is a dark, dark character. Losing with, your parents and dealing with the grief and being an orphan. You know, it's, yeah. it's not super kid friendly themes, but I think we get better Batman stuff, you know, in not just movies, but TV and uh, cartoons and and just everything right like so they're just mm-hmm. doing a much better job with, with it now which i'm glad which i'm grateful for it's like they know how to like make it kid friendly with like things like lego batman where it's right. like yes. you take Good the point. batman character and like make him like more fun and take away that like seriousness but then they know how to make like the the real batman story of like christopher nolan where it's dark and gritty and um so they've they've found that balance of like you you have to go one way or the other. And I think that's the flaw with these movies is they try to combine both together. They try to, to combine that campy um, comic booky realm with the villains, but then they make Batman super, super serious and dark and, and it just causes like such a disconnect in the movies. And I think with this one, especially they just go so far into the campiness that it just, it was just a huge miss tying it to the type of Batman character that they've created in this, this series. Yep. Agreed. So um, I guess it was kind of fun to look. I think the most fun I had was just talking about it and laughing about it with yourself and Ian Walter, who had to drop off, he couldn't take any more Batman and Robin talk. He had to, yeah, he had to drop like, off I'm here out. at the end. He's just, yeah, I'm out. Can't talk about this movie anymore. He likes to be positive, so he can only be uh, negative for so long, even <laughs> on a terrible movie. Uh, but thanks for joining me, Ian, even though you're not here for the ending. And thanks, Wife Power, for joining me and watching this terrible movie with me because <laughs> I made you watch it for the show. So thank you, d- Double. No problem. All right, so uh, that's it for our Batman recap. Uh, hope you had fun following along, uh, maybe even if you watched along. Uh, so you can find the podcast is called Back in My Day. You can find us on social media at Day Back In. And we have a Patreon page where we are reviewing uh, the Disney Plus shows like Obi-Wan. And maybe we'll do a Miss Marvel episode. So look look out for that on our Patreon. That is patreon.com slash Day rank review subscribe give us five stars it all helps uh you can find the podcast on basically any podcast app called back in my day and thanks for listening the blood will freeze in my hands that's Kick some ice. Winter has come.